Hello everyone, my name is Rick, Rick van Bruggen from Neo Technology, and uh, very excited to be doing another uh, podcast recording today. My, uh, my guest uh, on the podcast today is Petra Selmer. Hi Petra. Hi Rick. Hey, hey, it's good to have you on the podcast. Thank you for making Thank the you. time. Um, so hey, Petra, um, we've, we've known each other for a couple of years. You, I, I think I got to know you first uh, in, the, in the London community, right? <laughs> Yes, that's right. That's right. It's been yeah. quite a while. Yeah, it's been quite a while. And um, but maybe you can you can take some time to introduce yourself to our listeners. That that might be useful. Sure. Well, um, as you said, uh, my name is uh, Petra Sommer, and I'm actually a developer at Neo Technology, uh, specifically working uh, with the Cipher team. And so that's the team that actually uh, develops, implements, designs uh, Cipher, the query language. Uh, and I'm also a member of the Cypher Language Group. So this is something that we started about six months ago to ensure that we kept up the momentum of adding new features, new operators, new keywords, um, new semantics to Cypher, keeping things rolling uh, rolling uh, forward in that way. So I'm also a member of that group, and we essentially just try and make sure that we move the language forward. Um, and I also do a little bit of work as well um, on in the biotechnology community. That is uh, tr just trying to... Um, uh, make contacts with scientists and other people in the, um, you know, biology, chemistry, uh, physics communities to try and um, get them enthused about graphs and oh, actually yeah. that it's a, that it's a really good tool to help solve their problems because they've got really, really complex domains, which yeah. are very well affined with graphs. So this is just still very much in the beginning stages, but that's something that we're hoping to see grow in the future. Did, did I get that right? You have a, you have an academic background in, in graph query languages, right? Is, is, is that right? That's right. So I'm actually at, uh, towards the end of my uh, PhD in uh, uh, the flexible querying of uh, graph queried, uh, graph structured data. So essentially, I've uh, developed a query language um, which allows users to pose queries which do not exactly match the uh, structure of the graph, but which nevertheless gets uh, answers back to them in a ranked order, depending on how closely their query matches the actual graph. So you'll so if you don't know your your graph very well, you'll still get answers back and um, and essentially, uh, in this way, you actually get to know your data. So it's more of a like an exploratory thing. And uh, if you like it, it's a fuzzification of queries. And it also does um, inferencing as well. So, for example, if you ask for things relating to cats and somewhere you've got that cats are related to lines because they're both felines, you also get data related to lines as well. So in this way, you you know, it's, it's quite a quite a powerful mechanism to it, this was uh, motivated actually by um uh, biological domains where they've got incredibly complex data that changes all the time. So where the situation where scientists were just uh, kind of stuck sometimes, not knowing, you know, what 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 how to query the graph. So um, yeah, some fuzzification and um, approximation of uh, querying was necessary. And yeah, so so that's my uh, PhD. Oh wow, yeah. that sounds extremely interesting. Yeah, is, is it related to visualization technologies in any way, or because that's you know people tend to do those approximations or finding those patterns in, with with visual tools uh, quite often, right? Or or is it not related at all? Uh, it, it initially was meant to be because um, uh, when I began, actually, there were obviously many many avenues to explore, and in fact, visualization is incredibly important. I mean, everybody you know from sort of a developers new to the scene through to, as I say, um very experienced uh, physicists all find visualization very powerful. But actually it turned out there's just so much to explore in this area that um, I concentrated rather on the theoretical proofs of, you know, the constructs required to undertake this and um, optimizations. But I believe there are other PhDs going on uh, using this and then, you know, applying visualization techniques on that as well. So, yeah, it's 
So it's 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 yeah. So yeah, visualization very important, but yeah, alas, not it's something, something I. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, I mean, Petra, how did you get into graphs, and, and and why did you get into graphs? Could you could you could we go into that a little bit more? I've, I've asked this question to lots of the uh, people on the podcast, and I wonder if you've got a perspective on that. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I've actually been a, a, a an applications developer for well since 1997, actually, and uh, in loads of vertical markets and loads of different companies from places like IBM through to um, uh, internet solutions providers and those sorts of things. And um, I think it was about uh, five, six years ago that um, I simultaneously began my PhD um, and I fell into it quite by accident. I was supposed to undertake a PhD in description logics, which is just some mathematical logical thing that's quite arcane. Um, And after three months, I found it really was just not for me. And I actually went to speak to the dean of the university and he said well actually we've got um, this other project that we'd like a phd student for and it actually happened to be in a this uh, flexible querying of graph data so um and yeah as soon as i actually read the brief i just you know fell in love with it it was absolutely you know kind of uh, awesome so i fell into it via that route and also um uh at that time as well i was working for a uh, medical research company and the type of data we were trying to store and allow users to query was incredibly complex. In fact, the use case was to represent the entire NHS um, hierarchy of uh, top-range consultants and um, administrators across all the trusts and networks and strategic health authorities, all these organizations. It was, you know, very much a graph and uh, same people would have different roles in different um, contexts. And actually, um, so at the time, I was uh, obviously fighting, as many other people were, in um, doing this in a relational database and uh, there was a lot of pain around that and yeah so at the time actually I thought you know actually hang on this is this is definitely you know a perfect sort of graph problem that a graph database would uh, easily be able to solve but at that time uh, it was uh, very little around so I think this is around about 2007 or so so it was just before obviously um graph databases as such sprang out into industry so um, yes so certainly when um coming across Neo4j, that was kind of, aha, light bulb moment, finally. <laughs> very, very happy that industry had also seen the light as such because, um, of course, uh, graph models have been around for decades in academia, but have just never really taken a light in, in industry. So very glad that's actually changed now. So what was it that attracted you most? Was it the modeling side of things? Or what, what was it that attracted you most, uh, you know, when you, when you sort of found this matching technology? And for me, it was the modeling. It was basically so we didn't have that impedance mismatch and all the um, sort of uh, 90% of the time spent on, you know, uh, doing, writing stupid um, store procedures, you know, hundreds of lines long and basically um, obviously the um, increased number of testing and everything around that and just ending up with a code that was not maintainable. But also it felt to me, um, to use an analogy, it was um, as if a surgeon was trying to perform surgery with um, using oven gloves big, you know, heavy oven gloves. Just It just wasn't, you know, it was just really awful. Whereas actually, um, I actually first was uh, introduced to Sparkle, so that's the semantic web uh, graph query language, um, which was miles, miles better. But then actually when I came across Cypher, I thought, my goodness, this is brilliant. This is actually now like a surgeon using a scalpel to perform surgery, which is as it should be. It's just, you know, very precise, very expressive, and, you know, immediately can just um, fall in there and actually start... uh, doing very complex things. And I think it's one of, it's the only way, I think, in which you can write really intelligent systems, really advanced systems. I think uh, at some point there's a point at which, you know, you're just so bogged down by uh, relational technology that, yes, you sort of reach that uh, limit as to what you can do, whereas a graph just opens it up for you and uh, you start off at a very strong position. And then um, as you see what you can do, you just go ever more 
advanced. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's uh, it's great to hear you talk about that. I love that analogy, by the way. It's uh, uh, I, that will stick, I think. But <laughs> 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 uh, but but specifically around cipher, you know, is there, is there anything particular that you think is 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 you know like you, the main reason why you think it's going to be conquering the world or you know stuff like that? You know, what what do you what is it specifically that you like so much about cipher? It's just um, absolutely, completely just reflects the graph model without any um, any cognitive overload. So I, you don't need to really think too much about it. It just fits so, so beautifully well. Um, in particular, I love the match query and the way you can actually um, describe your pattern in a very, very natural and easy way. Whereas I'm trying to start with something like SQL and trying to make it graphy-like. Already, you know, it just doesn't... Um, doesn't uh, have the elegance or the expressivity that Cypher does. So that's certainly something that um, gripped me immediately was just the uh, matching, pattern matching uh, capabilities. Yeah, super, super. Okay, cool, very cool. Um, maybe one more final question, if you don't mind, uh, Petra. That's, you know, what does, I ask this same question to everyone, and it's about what does the future hold? You know, where, where do you think this is going? And, you know, how do you, how do you see, how do you hope that this will, you know, change the industry? Well, I think already, um, so since um, I uh, uh, knew about Neo4j, I mean, I think it was now about five years ago or something, it's amazing actually how many more people, how many more developers uh, and others in industry now know what a graph database is. So, you know, so when, when speaking of people, I don't need to start right from the beginning and, you know, so this is a graph and, blah, blah. you know, I spend a lot of time talking about that. They immediately already know. So where, what the future holds, well, I think it's actually limitless. I think, um, as I said before, I think it will be, the only way in which we can actually solve some problems, and I, in particular, I'm thinking of my background um, in what I've worked before, which was uh, in the sciences and in the uh, medical research arena. The, the data there is just, um, I think we'll be able to do so much more there that um, we'll be able to get better applications out there much faster to domains like, say, uh, medical uh, healthcare and uh, places like that in order to be able to leverage uh, all these uh, wonderful scientific discoveries that are going on at the same time and therefore get... Um, you know, wonderful research being uh, being undertaken and performed. And yeah, so so I, I think actually um, it's, it's hard to say where this will end up, but I think it will be really, really big. Absolutely. Very cool. Maybe one more question, a little bit more personal. Do you still speak Afrikaans or do you speak any Afrikaans? Uh, I, well, <laughs> so, so, so I've been in the UK now for 16 years, but yes, I still do. I do try and uh, speak it with um, any South Africans, uh, those who know it. So, so yes, I do. Um, I do try and keep a... Uh, Keep up to date. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> and in practice. Well, you know, Flemish, my mother tongue, and Afrikaans are very much related, right? So next time we can uh, we can practice together, maybe. Indeed, indeed, that'd be good. <laughs> very cool. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Petra. I really appreciate it, and I look forward to uh, seeing you soon. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Bye.